Today on The Breakdown, a British Civil War erupts at the PokerStars Cash Game Challenge between Liv Bory and Charlie Carroll. They're both very good players. They're both really cute, friendly, and we're going to talk about it all right now on The Breakdown <laughs> with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. That took a turn. <laughs> I don't know a, what happened. That took a bit of a strange turn. I also think that's the second time in about a month you've used the British Civil War opening. Oh, really? Did I think you did it for Paul Newey's Sam Trickett. Oh, but is Sam Trickett British? Are you kidding? Look at that guy. I don't know if How you could can, he not be British? Are you saying the Brits have a phenotype? Yes. I think you're deeply incorrect. Not well, just I think, wrong. Well, I, I think your opening was deeply disturbing. Well... That's good. I just want people to care, you know? All right. That's all you got? I'm just trying to make an impact. That's a compliment. Eventually, will you try to make a positive impact or you don't care? <laughs> Look, if I don't make a positive impact, but I make an impact, other people will probably make a positive impact cleaning up my impact. And that's a positive impact as well. It's like, kind of like I'm doing them a favor and the rest of the world a favor by creating space for those people to make a positive impact. It's kind of like you might as well just throw your trash on the street because then yeah. somebody gets to feel good about picking up the trash. Not just feel good about it, but do something that matters. Good it point. really does matter. It isn't just about a self-esteem. Like, that, tra- that trash does need to get picked up. Good point. Don't you think? So, you're welcome. You're saving lives, Levy. <laughs> saving lives. I'm helping, at least. I don't know if I'm... That, don't, I, don't call, I wouldn't call myself a hero. That's not for, me to, not for me to say. You shouldn't say that, no. No, that's for, the, like, the Nobel Prize Committee to say. Well, okay. Speaking of heroing in tough spots and all that stuff, we're going to see a nice. tough spot for Liv Bury that he, she's put in by Charlie Carroll. Yes. Charlie Carroll, of course, is mostly a tournament player from what we've seen, uh, at least televised. That we're aware of, yeah. He plays all the super high roller stuff. He's very good, very successful. Yes. Liv uh, hasn't had as much recent success as Charlie. She does have an EPT win on her resume for over a million euros, but that was like 2010 or something like that. It was a while ago. She is, at this point, she's been with uh, Igor Kurganov for a long time. Yeah. I assume they talk poker constantly and probably probably helps helps each other's games along. Yeah. Igor would be a good guy to talk poker with, that's for sure. And it's probably not just Igor, right? It's probably all those guys. Yeah. So it's like an incredible group to be like hanging out in all the time. It's hard not to get like way better. Yeah. Just because you're around, like that's just, what a gift. What What a a gift. What a joy. (laughs) A gift and a joy. Yeah. All right, um, so this is from the PokerStars Cash Challenge, their more recent iteration of what was once the big game at much smaller stakes where they have a loose cannon and all that stuff mm. who can only win whatever they, they profit. Uh, that player is not going to factor into this hand. Uh, neither is Kevin Hart, who is sitting in between Liv Bree and Charlie Carroll, and he was quite the entertainer, some would say annoying, for the entirety of this <laughs> Cash Challenge. I didn't actually watch this one. Partially, I did. Partially because he was in it, and I like know from the... Super high roller, Aria, super high roller ball, I guess that like the, the clips that I saw were just so like, ugh. I, I'm sure Kevin Hart fans are really into it, but I was not. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame poker shows trying to get Kevin Hart on there. No. It's going to attract a much, much bigger group of eyeballs than just poker players. If he wants to come on poker time, he's invited. Yes. Okay, anytime he wants. He is, but he's going to need a handler. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's got a whole entourage. It's too much yelling, man. It's a lot of yelling. He yells all the time. Yeah. Um, anyway. Charlie Carroll, Liv Bree, both very polite. Don't yell too often. You know what I'm saying? Sweet. So, Good so start. Let's, let's talk about them. Uh, this was suggested, by the way, by Max Sawyer. Yes. Thanks, Max. I did it on Twitter, I believe. On Twitter? Yeah. In Twitter. That's how you say stuff about the internet. He did it in Twitter? Yeah. 
Like I did it in Facebook. I saw yeah. you in Facebook. Yeah. What do you mean on? Those pictures are now in Facebook. Yeah. How but, do you how do you do it on? You're saying like you painted something on the screen. But wait, what are you talking? How are you in? How are you in the, it? The tubes of the internet. You're, you're like entering them with your oh. algorithmic input. You know what? That's a great point. Yeah, and I'm I stand corrected. Have you seen the movie Hackers? Of course, with Angelina, yeah. one of her earliest roles, and amazing, maybe her best role. You're in the internet. You're like navigating the waters of the internet, and you have to find the little places. You hack. By the way, then you hack. You know, you know who was in that movie that no one ever talks about and people don't really realize because he looks so different. A Let surprisingly me... young Morgan Freeman. Is that true? Of course, it's true. Yeah. How could he be surprisingly young? <laughs> I mean, he's younger than he is now, so it's a bit of a surprise. You know? <laughs> yeah, the movie's from like 1995. Yeah. Think about it. It's the most accurate portrayal of the internet. He's ever. 23 years younger than he was now. I'm saying he looked like a young man. Like, and no one knew who he was. Okay. That's the joke. Thanks for that tidbit. <laughs> it was a good tidbit. Anyway, thanks, Max Sawyer, for using yes. Twitter. We are, of course, at Two Poker Guys, number Two Poker Guys. If you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown or just say how much you love us or any other complimentary thing, nothing mean, please. Because yeah, we're very we, sensitive. We do very poorly with yeah, the it, insults. We, days off of our, our workload, we, we just spend crying. I do have to say one thing. So I was reading our, um, some of our YouTube comments. And we have one guy who is really consistently commenting. And every time, the way it works is you, you see who wrote the comment after you read the comment. It's like at the bottom. Yeah. So I always start reading this guy's comments. And I don't know it's him. And it's always, it's always sort of saying some version of like how bad the players were, how bad the hand was played, how bad our analysis is. This guy comments multiple times in every video. But I don't know it every time. And I always start to get like a little outraged because it's so extreme and so intense. And then I see the name. And it's Phil Trollmuch Jr., and it's incredible. Yeah. And I love that guy. He's my favorite commenter. because. <laughs> and someone else, actually, on our most recent video, which just uh, dropped today, actually, has the name Phil Helmuth and is doing a similar thing where he's, like, putting down the players and saying how ridiculous this is. This. And then Phil Trollmuth Jr. came on and said, like, hey, there's only room for one Phil Helmuth, tr- fake Phil Helmuth troll on this thing. <laughs> that was pretty great. I, didn't, so, I wasn't aware of that whole society that's happening now. It's, it's, it goes fast, you know? It's like when AI takes over. It's just like that. It's like three days from they're about the same to they are gods. Anyway, let's talk about these poker gods. Okay. All right. These very, very famous luminaries of the poker world. Yes. Extremely famous people, <laughs> as Jonathan would put. <laughs> any, any two poker players in the world in the category. If they've been on TV, they're at least famous to them and their families, <laughs> right? Their family's like, wow, you're a big deal. Yes. Aren't you, Charlie? Aren't you just a big deal? I mean, kind of is. You know, we just came up with a new nickname by accident for Batiste, for those who watch Poker oh, Time. Yeah. So if you, if you guys ever see Batiste when you're traveling the circuit or anything, um, just call him the big deal. Oh, yeah. He like, loves that. <laughs> what's up, big deal? Yeah. 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 He re- I mean, it's funny because he thought it was, he thought the name that we had come up with him was Baby Bappy or Bappy Bingo, depending on the moment. Yeah. Because I was playing with him uh, a few days ago when this all happened. And I was like, no, no, that's not the name. He was like, and then he was like, oh, thank God, because I hated those names. I'm like, it's the big deal. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then someone said, why do they call him the big deal? And I got to say, because that's what he thinks about himself. He thinks such a big deal. And he like hated that. And it was great. This guy's so, yeah. like the greatest person to troll in the history of the world. If you ever play with this guy, just troll like crazy. Yep. Anyway, let's yeah. actually get to the okay, hand, okay. finally, which I've claimed we've gonna, we're going to do this. It. Like for four minutes now, I've been claiming we're going to do This is real. <laughs> 2550 euro is the stakes. The okay. $100 straddle, 100 euro straddle, excuse me. Um, folds to live, who's in the cutoff. 
She's got Queen of Spades, Jack of Diamonds. She's got 9.8 thousand euros in front of her. She's a little bit short for the game. Uh, she decides to open to 400. She could open even bigger because of the straddle, but it's fine. Is it a mandatory straddle? I don't know. Because if it's, if it's not a mandatory straddle, she's not that short for the game. She's 200 blinds. True. But with True. The, if the straddle is mandatory, then yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Queen Jack off. Obviously a reasonable open in the cutoff. Of course. Charlie Carroll is in the small blind, and he has Ace of Diamonds, Ten of Hearts. He's got a big stack. He's got 25K. He decides just to flat. This is an opportunity where he could three-bet, you would think, a lot of the time. I am a little surprised that he flats. Do we know who is in the big blind? I think the big the blind straddle? is... The straddle is the, is the loose cannon. Yes, the straddle is going the, on. Oh, okay, yeah. He's trying to let the loose cannon in. Yeah. To stack the loose cannon, potentially. That makes sense. Okay. Otherwise, I don't like this play. Because the loose cannon is incentivized to gamble. Yeah. By the way, when I say I don't like this play and Charlie Carroll does it... We would if it was if we didn't immediately come up with why he was doing it, we would have to do a long exploration on am I correct to not like this play? Because when Charlie Carroll does it, it's usually right. To be yeah. clear, um, but like my initial hit on that would be like, why would you just call with Ace Ten there? That seems horrible. But with the loose cannon, we get it. Yeah, I mean, also Liv has been quite tight in the game, so maybe she? doesn't doesn't want to three bet that range. But also, then maybe you could just fold. Then you you're gonna be out of position. Yeah. You should just fold Ace Ten off. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think you you probably hit it on the head where he's trying to get the loose cannon involved here. Yeah. Which is reasonable because the loose cannon is going to be the worst player in the game and they're incentivized to gamble. Right. Do we know if this is early or late in the session by any chance? I think it's not late. Okay. But I do think the loose cannon needs to gamble at this point. Okay, great. So then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like the loose cannon maybe has an ace calls, flops a pair, and just feels like they have to go with it. And Charlie's like, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan at least. Cool. All right. So the pot is everybody else folds. He doesn't get his plan to come through. The pot is 1,010 euro. The flop is queen of hearts, 10 of diamonds, deuce of hearts. Charlie flops middle pair, top kicker. Liv flops top pair. Charlie is the only one with a heart in his hand. He has the 10 of hearts in his yeah. hand. Uh, he checks. Sure. I don't see any other course of action here. I mean, it'd be weird to lead. It would be very strange. But if Charlie did it, as you said, we'd be like, we need to think about this. Sure. And see why it is correct. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Liv bets. I don't see any reason not to do that. What does she bet? How much? 550 into 1,010. Sounds good. A little small for a cash game, but fine. it's fine. Charlie calls. Liv's ahead, way ahead of Charlie's range right now. Do we have any issues with anything that anybody's doing so far? No. On this flop, absolutely not. Cool. Everyone's doing great. You know what I have issues with? Um, waiters who sneer. That's pretty bad, but more... Dolphins? Dolphins. Depends on the dolphin. Greg? Greg's an ass. Little kids who like to dig. No, I, I was one of those kids. Don't you like to dig when you were a kid? Well, maybe you had you just because you were one of those kids doesn't mean you don't have issues with them now. It depends on what they're digging. Exactly. See, I knew it. I knew it. Well, you know what I know, Jonathan. Okay. You're a big old idiot if you don't sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker Room using the link in the description of this podcast. The link in the description of this podcast. Yes. Okay. Or any of our other podcasts. What do I get for doing that, though? Well, what do I access, get? You get access to our monthly tournament, which is the best deal in tournament in poker. poker. It's crazy. That's right. We're, we're, we're calling it that right now. It may not be true, but it certainly feels like it. If I, it isn't true, it's one of the best deals for the stakes, anyway. I mean, it's insanity. We The, the buy-in is... 0.1 millibits, which, what is, what is that About right 90 now? cents these days. About 90 cents as of the recording of this podcast. The guarantee is 100 millibits. About 900 bucks. Which is about 900 bucks. So we need 1,000 players to meet the guarantee. The most we've ever gotten is 65. Yeah. Do some math. You're getting, and we usually get less than 65. You're getting like 23, 24 to 1 on your money to play. And you get to play with the poker guys for super cheap. It's awesome. How Basically, do you not do this? Basically, you get to buy into a tournament for under a dollar. 
you can win like 450 bucks for first place by beating 30 people or so. And it's and the tournament goes really fast. It's yeah. like over in an hour and 20 minutes or something like that, right? I mean, an hour and a half. So I mean, it's absurd if you don't sign up using the link. Yeah. Of course, you should sign up regardless of this tournament because Nitrogen is a good poker room. They also have a lot of sports betting you can do and other casino games. And it's Bitcoin only. And they don't do any sort of internal processing of your withdrawals or deposits. It's just a Bitcoin wallet that's on Nitrogen. Yep. Which means that it moves at the speed of Bitcoin's blockchain, which is generally 5 to 20 minutes. So you want to withdraw money, no matter how much it is, 5 to 20 minutes. Yep. Pretty good deal. Pretty great deal for sure. So check them out. Get on there. They got a sports book. They got a casino. They got the poker. It's great. They have friendly vibes. They do. Friendly vibes. They're legit. And there's friendly vibes between Charlie and Liv right now because they are compatriots. Uh, but things might get dark. Exactly. In the future. They have, someone's going to bring up what they think about Richard Attenborough, and it's going to just really put He's some quite, tension. He's quite divisive in the British culture. Yeah. I mean, you don't know that if you're not in it. But, you know, I'm in it. So I, I, I know. I yeah. live in... Well, you're not in the British culture. You're in the Attenborough culture. Right, yeah, but so effectively. I mean, if it's I not understand. obvious to people, are you pro or anti? I, I just got to get it out there. I'm obviously anti. Anti-Attenborough. Yeah, yeah. So you're on that platform. I have to be. I feel like anyone who isn't is either just being willfully ignorant <laughs> or is clearly a shill, is like getting paid, because that's it. Those are the only options if you're anti, if you're pro-Attenborough. Like, oh, yeah, Attenborough. We're talking about Richard Attenborough. Yeah. David Attenborough, you're pro. David Attenborough is the Planet Earth guy, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course I'm pro him. Yeah. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Richard Attenborough is the um, is his brother who's the director of Jurassic. No, not the director. He's the actor who was the director of Jurassic Park in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy can you know can jump off a building as far as I'm concerned, and not just me. Of course, there's a legion of us. Yep. Well, Charlie's on one side and lives on the other. We're not going to tell you which side. Yeah, but it's pretty obvious if you want, if you just think about it. <laughs> All right. So, Queen Den Deuce. Two hearts. <laughs> Poker guys, we commit to the joke. <laughs> we sure do. Uh, it's been check called by Charlie with ace 10. Liv has queen jack. The pot is now 2,110 euro. The turn is the three of hearts, which is a scary card for everybody. Um, I mean, it's not very scary, but it's a little scary. It's I mean, not... they both have hearts in their range. Sure. Liv has a little more than Charlie, I would guess. You think Charlie's going to check raise hearts a fair amount? I think sometimes he's going to check raise them. Yeah. And Liv would almost always take this line with hearts. So yeah. Charlie, so Liv has more, but Charlie, of course, can have hearts in his range. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, it goes check, check. So let's talk about the significance of that okay. and what that means to each player about their opponent's ranges. Yeah. Charlie checking makes sense pretty much no matter what. Yeah. Whether or not he has hearts. I mean, if he bets, he's like turning his hand into a blow. I don't know what he's doing. He's got a middle strength hand with a middle strength draw. It feels like a great check call spot. It does. Right? Uh, or check fold even, but like not check. Not bet yourself. That seems super weird. You might, I, although, I don't know. You see a lot of good players in spots like this. If he had like the nine high flush, mm-hmm. he might want to bet just to ensure it doesn't go check, check. Sure. Okay. But we would probably not balance that with this hand. Like we probably, yeah. like the ace 10, like middle pair with the 10 high flush draw. Like that's just such a perfect check calling hand. And there's so many other hands we can, we have the nine high flush and we have like things that were, what was the board? It was queen 10 X. So if we have like some straight draws, maybe we would bet straight draws that don't have a heart in them. You know, things like things that sort of have very little equity. Maybe the Jack nine. I don't know if we can really have Jack nine suited here, but if we somehow can, cause we called because of the, yeah, the, um, the loose cannon. Yeah. Um, maybe we'd bet that now. 
Like, so we're like, okay, we'll rep the other draw, not the one we have, but the other one, because we can have draws, obviously. Maybe. I don't know. There, and some other weird bad hands. There's not, there aren't really right. that many other weird bad hands we can show up with, though, honestly. Yeah, in, in general, I think sometimes Charlie will bet hearts here, but the majority of the time he has hearts, he's probably going to check it anyway. Yeah, I think so. I think Liv's probably going to bet hearts most of the time that she has hearts. I agree. As the aggressor, as the person who can wrap hearts. She's supposed to. So Charlie might not be so concerned about Liv having a flush at this point when she checks back. Right. I think that's very reasonable. Very, very reasonable. Let's uh, explore that a little further and make sure I'm right about that. Okay. You think Liv would bet the nut flush? Yes. She should, right? If Charlie can have hearts, she gets. that's how you get max value with this nut hand. Do you think she would bet the seven high flush? I, I mean, I think she's betting all her flushes because if she has the seven high flush, maybe she's betting most of her flushes. But like the seven high flush is vulnerable. Don't we want to at least charge him with his bigger hearts that he can have for sure? Um, maybe like specifically we could decide as live like the king high flush or something like that to check, I guess. But like I would think we'd be betting pretty much all our flushes. Okay. Do you think she would bet a set? I mean, yeah, I do. I mean, I'm surprised she checks anyway. I want to talk about the fact that she actually checks, let alone these really strong hands that we're talking about. Should she? I think she should bet all her strong hands here, personally. Well, that's Or almost all of them. That's going to be interesting for future decisions that are made by Charlie Carroll. Yeah. If you think that, and if it is at all accurate. Yeah. Um, so what do you think her reasoning is for checking? She must believe that Charlie is tricky as heck. And it's going to like, A, he's going to check race sometimes on this turn. And she doesn't feel like she can call like a check race and then a big bot bet on the river. Um, and she, he's going to be bluffy and probe and induce and things. And she's, she's checking to induce, I guess. Um, maybe she also feels like she may fold out a 10 if she bets. She's going to fold out too many worse hands and she doesn't have like a great queen. She just has an okay queen. He yeah. can actually have a better queen sometimes anyway. He has very few worse queens. Like does he have queen nine suited? Probably not. Yeah, I think you just... That, so that's the reason to check. I think you just made a really good argument yeah. that you should not bet. I just I just completely convinced myself based on the game theory disaster situation. Yeah, also, Charlie is completely uncapped at this point. He could easily have the nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's not the end of the world, though, if Charlie has the nuts and we bet. We, if, like, he raises, we fold. Okay. But what is the point of betting, then? Right. No, that's fair. Only, it's only good to bet if we believe Charlie's going to call us with worse hands. Otherwise, we should not be betting here. Charlie might fold his exact hand here, ace-10 with a 10 of hearts. Yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah. He probably calls with ace-10 with the ace of hearts, mm-hmm. but with just the 10 of hearts, he's probably going to fold. This comes down to what our image is at the table, right? If we're seen as someone who takes a lot of turn stabs, I think we should be betting this because we can get called by a lot wider range. But if we're not, we should definitely be checking. I think she's been notably tight. And Fair I enough. think even with a wide image on this card and the the perceived hand strength of each player, I think it's probably a check just in general, mm. just from the game theory perspective. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a bad idea to check this the more we talk about it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the better hands that aren't flushes okay. beyond this. So set, you think she's betting a set? Maybe bottom set? Because you can get called by more things. How about bottom and middle? If we think we're folding out a 10 anyway, then betting middle set's yeah. fine, right? But we can get called by the queens. Like, we're not blocking a queen, so maybe, we, should, we should bet that. Maybe then. we don't bet top set mm-hmm. because we're worried about what we could possibly get called by, especially when we have top set. Maybe. So, yeah, there's not too much left. Sucks to have top set and not bet, but... For, for that reason, should we not bet top two pair? I mean, if you're not going to bet top set. I mean, there's a few more queens out there with top two. 
that's good. Yeah. There's not a lot. I mean, I sort of hate having top set and not betting the turn, but it is a bad card. It is a really bad card. I mean, yeah. especially when we have top set, if we get any action, it's like, well, I guess we have to improve a lot of the time here because no. he's probably folding a 10, right? Oh, I don't know. But first of all, if we have top set, he can still have a queen. He can have us. He can have. He can have other draws that we're charging. Like he can. He could have called with backdoor stuff as well as a pair, which actually is what he has here, right? Um, he has two backdoors as well as middle pair on the flop. So, but he's going to fold that. Okay, but that's okay to fold out stuff that's going to beat us if it gets there. You know, like if it, another hard comes, we're going to lose with top set. True, but we are way more likely to get value from Ace Ten on the river than the turn if we're going to bet again, like on a clean card. Yes, I agree with that. And there's very few queens in Charlie's range if we have top set. There aren't too many to have. Because he has, what, ace-queen off, which you might have three-bet most of the time. King-queen. Suited only, probably. Maybe queen-jack Maybe king suited. Queen off. Maybe can have queen-jack suited. And Maybe. that's probably it. And that's not many combos when we have three of the queens covered between the board and our hand. Yeah. And like we were saying, like you were saying, he may not even have ace-queen. He may three-bet ace-queen. Even with the, the loose cannon, he may just yeah. be like, whatever. Yep. Yeah, so I think she's probably supposed to check top set mm. here. Wow. It's messed up, man. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it all de- also depends if these guys have any kind of a dynamic, right? Like if they have any kind of dynamic between the two of them. Like, for example, when you and I play each other, we have a, we have a dynamic. Yeah. So like we can do all sorts of things that game theory-wise would seem like a disaster, but like you can, we can bet for value more so because the other guy's less inclined to believe Right. And because we just talk too much poker and we played too much poker with each other and stuff like that, you know, so, so that would matter too, but assuming, but any, but we have, but I have no reason to believe they have a dynamic like that either, except I'm just saying it right now. Right. Right. So, so fair enough. Right. Fair enough. So all that to say, I think Liv has a lot of pretty strong hands that aren't flushes that she might check here. Let me say one other thing. Um, If she had ace queen with the ace of hearts, do you think she should bet that? That's a reasonable one to bet. It is. It's going to be really hard to get paid if you improve. If right. you check. That's, that's a reason to do it. Right. At it's possible. Same... I mean, we should probably check it once in a while. Yeah. Because then if a heart comes, maybe Charlie could bluff. Although I don't know what he has that he's bluffing with except a straight draw. Yeah. So, and he may not even try. He may just be like, uh, like, but a fourth heart, he could take a shot. But like, there's just, he may play a straight draw as aggressively anyway on the flop. Ace queen with the ace of hearts is a weird spot. Yeah. I think it's probably a bet. Probably just for we block less queens at least. There's still two queens out there. I think any ace of hearts is actually a bet. If we if we see bet the flop with whatever ace we had, maybe we don't see bet with ace nine with the ace of hearts because it's like it hits Charlie's range decently. Mm. But if we did, I think that's probably a bet. That's a good card to continue on. The other question we have to ask ourselves is Liz is we're sort of just looking at this from the value point of view. But if we look at her entire range, she's see betting this flop most of the time, I would guess. Right. So when we get to the turn, the question is, forget the value. Like how many other hands is she continuing with here? Right. Like, so what of her trash is she continuing with? Because she needs to balance that. So like where it's easy to say she shouldn't bet all this value. But if she's betting a lot of trash and almost no value, that's not going to work for her against Charlie. So she's going to need to have either bet, just not bet much at all. But she may see this as a good scare card a lot. And like you're, if she, every time she has the ace of hearts, she's betting. She could bet she, all ace of hearts and all flushes. And that's balance. I don't know if it really is. It is. I mean, like, how low do you think her ace of hearts go? I don't know. There aren't. Yeah, I guess not that. Not that far. You're right. Not that far. That's totally balanced. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's some. But you think that's all she's betting? What well, about what about just air? She's not going to bet air on the turn. 
Probably not. Maybe, I mean, Charlie has flushes in his range. It's a really bad card to bluff. Yeah, on. you probably just give up a lot. Yeah, it's a horrible bluff card. Yeah, That's really all. Without, it is. Yeah, if you if you don't pick up equity, I guess you have to do it. How about King of Hearts? She's just going to check the King of Hearts here. I mean, she, if she has She's King Nine, King, she probably doesn't have King Nine. No, I know she doesn't. You're right. She's if she has King Jack with the King of Hearts, she's betting. Yeah, sure. Okay, fine. That's one. That's like four combos. Yeah. Who cares? Like we can add that, and that's fine. Okay. All right. I guess maybe there isn't that much. Right. So okay. I think this is important. I want you to remind me of this later because it comes into my theories about Charlie's play that he makes later. Yeah. If if she's always betting the Ace of Hearts in the turn, whether or not she has a flush, that makes what happens pretty interesting. Okay. And it should factor into Charlie's decisions. Got it. Um, about effective blockers. Got it. Great. Yeah. So she checks, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, a lot more interesting of a decision than we initially thought. Yeah, I never thought anything of it. So This is what we do, though. We try and examine this stuff. Yeah. And you know what you should try to examine? Dash Digital Cash? How the hell did you know I was going to say that? I feel like I've just been really on your wavelength lately, you know? That's like, we're just finishing each other's... Burritos! Sen- burritos. <laughs> yeah. See? Ooh, and, I w- and you just finished my sentence that time, even. I, someday, maybe you could buy a burrito with Dash Digital Cash, by the way, because of all the cryptocurrencies out there, it has a great chance to become adopted as a transactional currency, because of some pretty sweet features. Yeah, and when we say transactional currency, what we mean is a currency you actually use every day, like the way you use the dollar now or the euro now. You know, you go out and you buy a newspaper, you buy coffee, you buy a burger, something like that. And the features that Grant is talking about is it's crazy fast transactional speed, meaning when you want to buy something, you know how you use a credit card, it takes a second. This is faster. This is 1.3 seconds from your wallet to their wallet. Bam, done. It's faster than it's faster than reaching in your pocket. I mean, it's just faster than anything. To be clear, when Jonathan said second, referring to a credit card, it was figurative. Yes. And yes. then when he was referring to Dash, it was literal. <laughs> that that might correct. be confusing for people. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. The credit card takes like, what, 15, 20 seconds or something so, like that to go Maybe through. a little bit less. But okay, you, 10 yeah. seconds? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Dash literally takes 1.3 seconds. Right. And a credit, credit card charges the merchant 3%. 3% of, <laughs> of whatever the amount yeah. is. So you buy yeah, $100 worth of groceries. So you are paying. You, don't, you may not think you are, and the merchant's paying it. You know, $3. It's coming out of you though because they, oh. they pass that that cost on to you the, the cu- of course they have customer to. yeah they have to and with dash it is less than a penny yes for any less size than a penny. any size transaction you right. could be buying a new tesla it'll be less than a penny so it means the merchants are paying instead of paying three dollars for that hundred dollars of groceries they're paying less than a cent that means they probably wouldn't bring the price all the way down you probably wouldn't save all three dollars but you would probably they your groceries would cost less everything would cost less right or instead of that three hundred dollars for that that car, you know, they're paying right. less than a penny. Right. Although I don't know who puts a car on a credit card these days. But I mean, cool people. Yeah, they're, they're really the coolest. Everyone, everything's on credit. It's all credit. Yeah, whatever. You don't want to have a checkbook. That's bull. I, I mean, That's, does anyone actually have a checkbook anymore? I have a checkbook. I you mean, don't have a checkbook? I have a checkbook. <laughs> How am I going to effectively rob you without your checkbook? What? What? Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just forget that was said. Also, everybody who's listening, forget about that. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not recording. <laughs> anyway, you can um, download the Dash Wallet for your phone on iOS or on Android. We put the links in the description of the podcast. You can also see a video we made about Dash and other cryptocurrencies and the special benefits of Dash. It's also down there. Yes. Let's check that out. Check it out. Now, let's check out this river. Okay. Um, so we got the old Charlie Carroll. He's got the ace 10 with the 10 of hearts, queen 10, deuce, two heart flop. Obviously, the 10 was the diamond, not the non-heart. The turn was a three of hearts. When check, check, Liv has queen jack offsuit, no heart in her hand. Mm-hmm. The river is a complete brick, pretty much never changes anybody's hand, five of spades. 
I don't see a way I could possibly change mm, the way his hand is played. Seems pretty. Unless Liv has pocket fives. Okay. Which you might not see bet on the flop anyway. But she might. She might. I would expect her actually to see bet that on the flop. All right. I'm just going to say what happens up until the last decision, and then we're going to analyze after that. Cool. I'm not going to say what the last decision is, though. So Charlie checks. I don't really see much else he could do. He could, I mean, he could bet. All right. To what end? Try and get called by a worse 10. Jack 10, King 10. Pretty ambitious, but yeah. I mean, is there enough there? I don't know. 10-9. She might call with all those hands. She might not play 10-9. 10-9 suited? 10-9 suited she would yeah. play, but there's two combos. Okay. I'm just saying these are maybe 10-8 suited as well. Um, there's not a lot, but there's some hands that he could try and get value out of. So you think betting is better than checking? I'm not saying that. I'm just, we're saying what you're saying is there's not, there's nothing he can do except check. I'm saying, well, there's okay. at least something to think about here. What I mean by that is my ultimate and immediate reaction is right. checking is better. I understand that. Yeah. And I'm sort of just asking the question, is it? That's all. Um, so, look at you really staring freaking no, holes into me. Just wondering if the earth is flat. That's Drill all. bits like shooting at me from your <laughs> eyes um, <laughs> at very fast speeds. So, um, so, okay. So, we can get called by a few tens. I believe we probably would get called by a few tens. Um, would the ten call? I think so. I don't know. We could have a flush pretty easily. Okay, sure. We could. You think calling with nine ten suited is? That, I, I want to explore this for a second. Okay. If Charlie bets, you know, half pot, a little bit more on the river, calling with nine ten suited is, is that profitable? Um, I mean, it all depends on how Charlie plays, but I would guess Charlie's going to show up on the river with a fair amount of bluffs and a fair amount uh, when he bets and a fair amount of value. All right. And what are the bluffs? Tens, what the bluffs are just the straight draws. The bluffs are straight draws, maybe like some weird two backdoor hands, things like that, that he decided to play this way. Yeah. Um, it's hard to come up with much else. I certainly agree. Maybe he would turn like a small pocket pair into a bluff sometimes, uh, just like a just-in-case bluff. Maybe. Although, I mean, if we're going to fold 9-10, then he should, right? Um, I don't know if he's really going to do that. All right. Well, anyway, Char- Charlie checks. Yeah. He's going to choose a... Uh, Higher leverage bluffing method, I'll tell you that much, because live bets, which... Yeah, as she should. Yeah, she has top pair. She's like, okay, I can get called by some, some worse hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's rare that Charlie's going to check a flush on the river. I mean, whatever. We have to go yeah. for value. It's like, this is just... If you're not betting this, you can't make money in poker. Well, she's trying to make sure she can get called by a lot of worse hands, because she bets 600 into 2110. Yes. It's a very small bet for a cash Very, game. very small, very weak. She's like, Charlie, with your ace-10, you're kind of forced to put some chips in here. Yeah. 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 Like she's at this point, she's like, Charlie would better, better queen on the river. Like I have the best hand. He has a weak range. Let's see if I can get called by anything. All right. So this is where Charlie chooses high leverage, high variance poker. Cause yeah. he does something that is kind of monstrous. He moves her in. She like, has 8.2 K after the 600. The pot was 2110 before she bet. This is crazy. Now, the first thing that is obviously worth noting is that he has second pair top kicker. It's not a hand most people usually turn into a bluff. Right. He could decide to bluff catch yeah. very reasonably here. Yep. By the way, she might... I think she would, in fact, bet a worse 10 for value on the river. Like, if she's king 10, she's betting for value. After he goes check, call, check, 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 she's going to bet king... I would bet king 10 for value for sure. I don't know. Does Charlie have a lot of no heart queens when, when she has king 10 there, though? I mean, why wouldn't he bet the river? Yeah, I guess that's true. Seems really strange for him not to bet the river. So, 
I would think you. I think King Ten is kind of a slam dunk bet. All right. Well, Charlie's thinking just in case. Yeah. And okay, this is where I wanted to go back to what we were talking about on the turn about Liv's check back and what that means about her range. Because I think this is kind of a suicidal play unless we have a lot of assumptions that we can make here about Liv. Okay. Um, assumption one might be that this sizing is transparent. She's like yes. trying to make sure she can get called by a weaker hand than her own, which must be quite weak if she's sizing it like this. Yes. Um, option two, or reason two, is Liv has the ace of hearts in her hand 0% of the time because she didn't bet the turn. Mm-hmm. We're assuming those are her bad hands that she's betting the turn with is the naked ace of hearts. Right. That means we effectively have the ace of hearts blocker as Charlie. Well, we're just doing this from Charlie's point of view. Right yeah. Now, so yes, right. Right. Does that make sense to you? It does. Okay. I don't know if it's 100% true, but it's very close to being 100% true, meaning it's possible if she has ace-10 with the ace of hearts. She'll check back. She'll check back. Yeah. And maybe, I think she's betting ace-queen with the ace of hearts. I would expect her to, but I don't know that for sure. Right. And maybe once, and probably she's going to mix it up and once in a while check that hand back. But there's not too much. Maybe if she has two aces with the ace, no, she'd probably bet two aces with the ace of hearts. Probably. Yeah. So Charlie is then, by our assumption, assuming that Liv doesn't have this blocker, which makes it so Charlie can effectively pretend he has the nuts. Right. Right. Because that's mostly what he's repping when he check shoves here. He's like saying, I have the nuts. I hope you have a smaller flush. I don't think he's saying that. I mean, we were like, we remember you're, if we assume he's, she's betting all ace of hearts, we were also assuming she's betting all flushes. Remember? Yeah, that's true. I don't think he's, I don't think he's repping. I have the nuts. You have to have a flush. to right. I think he's repping. I have a, any flush or a very strong hand and your range is so weak that if you call me with the top of it, it's it's no good. Right. That's all. Like you don't have to have a flush to call. I know you may hear on me sometimes, but it's you're just your your range is super weak. I don't have I can have a set and do this. I can have a straight and do this. Whatever, you know. Not that he's gonna show up with really any straights. There is a straight on the board, but he's not gonna have it. Right. It's like ace four or something. Okay, so that the fact that she probably doesn't have a flush because she checked back the turn, mm-hmm. plus him effectively having the nut flush blocker by him assuming she doesn't have the nut flush blocker. Plus, she bets super tiny on the river, which yeah. just doesn't feel like she has a flush almost ever. Right. Makes him think that he should do this. This is like the most just-in-case of just-in-case plays, though. Not only does he raise, he raises so insanely big, you know? Yeah, here's, here, here's where we get into some sticky situations for Charlie here. Yeah. Like, is this actually a good idea against a, a thinking player? To raise this size, would we actually do this for value? Well, you and I have talked many times about how these massive overbets are almost always for value. Yes. So, I don't know. Like, maybe the bigger question is, would we ever do this as a bluff? We know the answer is yes, because we're sitting here. But prior to this, watching this video, I would probably argue if Charlie was bluffing, he wouldn't have to go all in. Right. He could make it you know, one and a half times the pot, that's the same effective raise. Yeah. It's still a monstrous raise and lives in the same situation, right? So Charlie shoving feels even more like it's real. Reminds me a little bit of Chris Oliver when he shoved the river against Galen Hall back in the day yep. when he could have raised much smaller, but instead he went for all of it, you know? And that True. really stuck out to Galen Hall, actually, and that's why Galen Hall folded. He's like, he just doesn't have to bluff for this much. He wouldn't put all these other chips at risk. So... In some ways, it looks stronger to me than if he had made it. I mean, all these raises, all these overbet raises would look strong anyway, but I just don't know why he needs to make it whatever, 4X the pot. It's a huge raise. So strange. It is a really huge raise. I think as Liv, we have to ask ourselves, okay, if Charlie had like the seven high flush here, would he do this? I mean, it's a fair question to ask. I think the answer is probably yes. Okay. Um, But 
It's a fair question to ask. If he had the seven high flush, would he not just lead on the river? Well, I mean, you could say that about any of the hands that he's doing this yeah. with. Every hand in the world that he's doing this with. Right. Would he not just lead? Which is a fair question. It is. Um, but he may think, I mean, it's reasonable, though, from Charlie's point of view to think, like, if I lead, she's going to fold so much, right? But if I check, she could bet some of the hands that she might have folded and not called. The question is, is she going to, well, like, she might fold King 10 on the river if, if Charlie leads, right? Yes. She might. She might. Um, she's going to call with a queen. She's going to bet a queen. So that's all the same. Yeah. Right? Um, so I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> what are we trying to solve here? What's the question we're trying to answer at this point? Should Liv call? Is this a good bluff by Charlie and should Liv call? Right. No, I understand. That's the, that's the huge question. What's the tiny meta question within all of this that we're trying to answer Who right now? Who has better hair, Liv or Charlie? I'm going to go with Charlie. What do you think? It's pretty good. Charlie's hair is, is adorable. <laughs> that little mop top. Yeah, it's pretty good. She's got pretty good hair. I mean, Liv's pretty all right. Don't get me wrong. All right, so <laughs> so Charlie moves in. Yeah. I assume because it's Charlie, unless it's possible that the stakes of this game are kind of low compared to like what he's usually doing, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of going nuts because it's on TV and Kevin Hart's there and it's fun. Like That might be a factor here as well. It may be a factor, but I think he's also sitting there thinking like this works like such a crazy high percentage of the time. Yeah. Like what can she call me with? Like, let's name some hands that Liv can call me with here that are in her range. Yeah. Besides, besides slow played flush, nut flushes, or besides slow played flushes, what else in the world? Maybe, did she check back a set ever? Okay, maybe once in a while she checks back a set. Although, does she bet that much on the river with these hands? No. So, come up with a hand that she, that she can call me with. You can't. Well, Liv goes into the tank and starts talking to him, so yes. he's got to start worrying a little bit. It's actually quite adorable, the way these two talk to each other. Or really, Liv just talks to him. Where she's saying, like, bluff, and then looks at him, and he, like, blinks his eyes, and then she says, value, and he blinks his eyes again, and it's, like, it's just very cute. Oh, you didn't watch this. That's a derivative, in fact, because that's what Charlie was doing to, um, who is it, Faraz Jaka in an earlier hand. Okay. He spent, like, a two-minute tank just trying to read him by doing that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, Did did he also do the thing, like, can I I take your hand? Because Liz actually reaches out and asks to to take his hand. Charlie will not do that. No, he does does not do that. Which is smart. Yeah. Because his heart may be starting to go a little bit now, you know. Also, when Liv looks at you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. So now I, I can't really make any assumptions as to how good this is without knowing about Charlie's frequencies with these sizes. Mm. Right? If he's only doing this as a bluff, obviously that's bad. But he's too good to only be There's doing this no as a bluff. There's no chance he's only yeah. doing it as a bluff. So it let's ha- just, we have to assume his frequencies are intact. Let's assume that. Yeah. So then it comes to Liv's decision. And it's not just about how Charlie reacts when she yells words at him. It is also about, as we often talk about, distribution. Yeah. Now, of the hands that she plays this way, how high is this in her distribution? It's reasonably high up there, right? If we, if we remove all flushes. Yeah, which I think we should. Uh, and then we remove sets because of the sizing on the river. Yes. The sizing on the river really makes it easy to remove like all the strong hands. So are we capped at one pair? When we bet 600 on the river... Almost always. Maybe once in a blue moon, we're betting tiny. To, but if we don't know Charlie's capable of this, then we're probably just betting normally you know, to try and get value. Now that we've seen him do this, now we can show up with some strong hands. Too maybe we have line. the nuts sometimes as like the tiny yeah. sizing. Maybe, maybe a little bit the nuts. Yeah. But not too often. Well, if we are capped at one pair, we're pretty high in our distribution then. Yeah. 
We really are. However, that distribution is a very weak distribution to start with. Yeah. Well, what do you mean weak distribution? We are, Our range is weak if we're assuming our distribution. Oh. If Queen Jack's high in our distribution, we have a weak range, obviously. Oh, our weak range. Yeah, it's not yeah. a weak distribution. It's yeah. just a weak range. Yeah, yeah. got it. Got it. Yeah, sure. Okay. No question. Like, if this is one of the best hands we have, yeah, it does not play well against this line. But then there's the question we have to ask ourselves as live. And this is where you could, you know, you could game through yourself into oblivion here. You could level yourself into oblivion. But the question is... It looks like I have a pretty weak hand. By the way, I have a pretty weak hand. Yes. Uh, but it looks like I have a pretty weak hand. Why is he making an 8,000 when I can never call? Right. And it looks also, if, if our sizing is at all transparent, it looks like we have a value hand, but mm-hmm. not a good value hand. I mean, Charlie is clearly putting around the hand that she has almost exactly, right? For yeah. him to decide to turn ace-10 into a bluff. Right. It's like you have two jacks or you have a, a queen, and that's it. Yeah. Like, that's what you have. Which is pretty cool that Charlie identified her range so well. Right. That's really cool. So then Liv just basically has to ask herself, is Charlie going the extra mile here of, like, thinking I'm going to hero because I've because I my range is so obviously weak, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's that. There's also, Liv may think that it's rare that Charlie gets this far into the hand without taking a more aggressive action with a flush. Mm-hmm. She right. might think, like, you can right. eliminate a lot of flushes from his range because he never took an aggressive action until I bet the river, which he didn't know I was going to do. It's like Kyle Julius against uh, Juan Lu. Right. Where she checked the turn when the flush card came in, and then she checked again on the river, and he bet his pocket queens, and she check-raised. And when he called, and she was frustrated with him calling, um, he said, you just would never check the nuts twice. Yeah. Like, you just would never do it. And she disagreed, but it seemed like he was probably right. <laughs> <laughs> or he got lucky that time, whatever. But, um, but yeah, like it's just hard to believe very often Charlie in a cash game is going to check there uh, again, right? With, with right. all his strength. So maybe once in a while, but then Liv goes back to, okay, so I have to make a decision. And if Charlie's frequencies are correct, that means he's going to have some strength. And he's going to have some bluffs, but it means he can have some bluffs. It's weird for him to have strength. It's weird that he take this line with strength, but let's pretend for a second that he's got the nuts here sometimes. It's probably just the nuts and a few bluffs, right? It's probably... Right. Because usually he'd probably bet smaller, race smaller with like other things just because like, He's come on. trying to get called by something. You're just never going to get yeah. called, right. Um, so then Liv has to come back to, well, distribution is, is a good way to decide what to do. There's another factor at play that you aren't aware of, Jonathan, because oh, you haven't watched it, but Charlie's been V-pipping out of control. He's been like really playing a ton of pots, being the aggressor all the time. Oh, and I think it's been bleeding into post flop a little bit too. And I think he is a little loosey goosey because of Kevin Hart and the TV. And I think there's some drinking going on as well. I wonder if that's why Charlie went four x pot then instead of like a one and a half x pot. Yeah, thinking like I my my image is so crazy. I she it's too easy for her to call one and a half x pot. Yeah. She can afford to do that. And she may just be like, I can't let you run me over. But for X-Pot, now she has to be right so much more often. It's, you know, so maybe, maybe that was one of the reasons why he did that. Yeah. By the way, he also, when he moves her in, does it basically instantaneously. We can make up lots of decisions, you know, lots of, we could decide lots of things about that, you know, whether it's good or bad, makes him stronger or weaker. But she bets and he almost immediately just like puts the chips in. Yep. Like he was just waiting for her to do it. Yeah. Which, I don't know, because it's Charlie Carroll, I would assume nothing about that. You know, I wouldn't think that makes him stronger or weaker. Right. If it was Kevin Hart, I would think yeah, something different. Yeah. Well, after a long tank and a lot of trying to get a read out of Charlie, Liv ultimately does make the call. Yes. And I, I think it's a combination of all of the factors that we touched on. It's distribution. It's Charlie going a little bit nuts. 
it's asking the question, would Charlie really take this line with a super strong hand that often? Wouldn't he be afraid of missing out on value? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about distribution, meaning like Liv's queen jack is one of the best hands she can have here. It's also one of the worst hands she can have here. Like, I don't know how high up it really is. Like, what worst hands are we betting on the river? King 600. 10. King, King 10. 10. Yeah. Cool. So we came up with one. Maybe she could have queen nine suited. Yeah. And bet that. Maybe she can have two jacks and yep. bet that. She can have ace 10 and bet that. So, okay. So it's at least in the middle and maybe even a little better. Maybe she has some bluffs also. So yeah. we've, so now we're doing distribution with some of those hands. So we just drop those hands out. Yeah. It's not so. super high in her distribution. No, but, but it, it's, it's not super high, but it's, but it's also the third best hand she can reasonably show up with. Right. Maybe she has over pairs sometimes. Can she have like two aces that don't contain the yeah. ace of hearts? Maybe. Or two kings? It might be right in the middle of her distribution. Yeah. And the call might, might be more about Charlie's image at the time. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a great play by Charlie, especially considering Liv's holdings. Yeah. This is almost this is going to work against most reasonable players most of the time. And he's he's kind of exactly right about the type of hand she has because she's not she doesn't have a snap call hand and she doesn't have a worse hand than ace ten. But there's a problem when I say it's going to work against most players most of the time, and it's that we're betting eight to win two. Yep. So it has to work most of the time, right? Well, it's betting. It has eight. to work eighty percent of the time, four out of five times. Otherwise, we lose money. It's more like we're betting. 8,800 to win 2,700. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, so it's like three and a half or yeah. so. Okay. Or no, really three, three point something. Okay, 3.2. That's a little bit better. But still, we have to win like 76% of the time. I would actually think this is going to work more than 76% of the time, though, having said that. True. And uh, when Liv calls, by the way, Charlie turns his hand over with like, I probably lost, but maybe sometimes right. I got heroed by Jack 10 or King 10. Here. I mean, in some ways, the King 10 and the Queen Jack should be the same hand. Yeah. By the way, that also makes this really an amazing play by Charlie. If he knows, well, she actually, when she's heroing, she might be heroing with worse hands a little bit. So like I make a, sometimes I win the pot when, when she calls, but almost never. He was pretty sure he lost. You saw, of course. Yeah. Well, of course you would think she lost. You would think that, but like, there's a chance. There's always a chance if you have even ace high. Yeah. Just remember that. Kids. I would actually think once she went into the tank and it seemed like a really tough decision that he, she had like two kings, something mm-hmm. like that. Ace queen, two yeah. kings, something like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, she made the right call in the end. She was right this time. Boy, that it's. A, I would love to see. I guess I could because this is uh, on TV yeah. on the uh, on the old YouTubes. But I'd love to watch their, this, their dynamic and see like. If there's more to this, you know, like what, what happens now and what, what it led up to this, you know, I, I don't know. think there is a ton more to it because oh, no. Charlie is playing all the hands and Liv was playing very few. Right. Right. But she made the right decision in this one. Very tough spot. Very tough spot. Against most players, you're definitely supposed to fold. Oh, yeah. Anyway, pretty cool hands. Pretty cool.